been through so, so many, both from a business side as well as a personal side. And, um, and the older I've gotten, the, the more I'm leaning into and embracing them and, and saying, okay, while well, I'm in this storm, I'm gonna spend some time to learn some things in this storm and not spend all of my time panicking, panicking and praying about getting out of the sure. storm. Because that's normally what we do. We sure. panic, and if you're following Jesus, you're praying like, Jesus, <laughs> get me out of this Yeah. Thing. And so um, what I've learned to do is when I'm in the middle of it, uh, spend some time to take, I'm just gonna say some really Yeah. What am I learning about myself? What am I learning about others? What am I learning about this kind of trial? Right. How did I get here? What am I learning about how to get out of here? And um, man, that kind of student in the trial makes you way better the next time the storm comes. This is the Church Report Podcast, exploring challenges the church faces around the world. Brought to you by the Rogo Foundation. Now, here's Scott Camden. Hey, what's going on? And welcome to the Church Report Podcast. My name is Scott Camden. I serve as the Advancement Director for the Rogo Foundation. And today I'm joined by the Executive Pastor for Sandals Church based in Southern California. His name is Dan Zimbardi. Dan, how are you today? Doing, doing well. Thank you. A little, little fatigued from preaching this weekend, but yeah. I'm doing well. Thank you. And this was uh, your, your first time yeah. preaching on the stage at Sandals Church. At Sandals Church. I, I have preached a few times in other places. But this is the first time at Sandals Church, and it was uh, challenging, yep. uh, so, somewhat anxiety. I was somewhat anxiety-ridden, but also uh, exhilarating, yeah. all, all at the same time. Yeah. Well, you, you brought a, a timely word. Uh, you and I were talking just a little while ago, and you know, there's been a number of people who've reached out to you. I've had some friends make some comments to me. Um, it was great. It was Thank great. You. So just Thank total you. side note, and I can yeah. drop a link in the notes to this, but uh, I'll link to the message. Yeah. Uh, what was your topic? How to live an honorable life. And uh, it, it was it was very timely, very yeah. relevant. Um, and uh, some people received it well, and some yeah. people were a little a little prodded by it. Sure, yeah. Sure, there was yeah. a couple zingers in there. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's but, the hope. That's the hope, <laughs> Yeah. If somebody twitches, you knew you hit the right That's spot, right. right? That's right. Yeah. Well, today, you know, we, we strive to tackle one question yeah. in this podcast, in the church report. But as you and I were talking about what this episode is going to be about, uh, we realized that rather than doing maybe a, a two-part series, mm-hmm. uh, we're just going to, we're going to go for it. Yeah. So in, in episodes past, they've been, you know, around 10 minutes or so. Yeah. This one's probably going to be a bit longer because this is actually a topic that you're super passionate about. Yeah. Uh, recently, just uh, a number of months ago, you were able to connect with our campus pastors yeah. and you were able to talk to them about this specific topic. Mm-hmm. It is well, not only just the honor topic, but this topic is very relevant to what's going on in our world today, in our society today. And so the topic is how to become a resilient leader. Mm-hmm. So with that, uh, I know we've talked before and you you wanted to put on your proverbial pads and your yeah, helmet. Sure. I don't know if you feel like you got to put those on again for this one. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think it's a hard, it's a hard topic because um, we're yeah we're we're struggling in so many ways, um, and uh, we're often even as leaders we're often pretty offended by a lot of things these sure, days. Sure. And so as a result, putting on some pads. Um, even with my message this weekend, I've, I've dealt with some unhappy people sure. personally. I've seen comments in different social media, people unhappy. So 
at least for me, I'm going to put on the uh, the umpire mask. Okay. How about that? I'll yeah, put yeah. The umpire mask you got to protect the moneymaker. That's right. That's it. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm I'm just gonna the, the floor is yours. Sure. You have the talking stick. Yeah. Well, I think let let me do this. Let me let me put a little definition around resilience. Yeah. What, what is resilience? Yeah. Um, I'm going to give a little definition there. The power or ability to return to original form, position, etc., after being bent compressed or stretched, uh, bounce back, uh, elasticity. It's a nice word. Right. Ability to recover readily from illness, depression, adversity, or the like. There's a, there's a final word. I love this word. Buoyancy. Buoyancy. Oh. Mm. So resilience, uh, think about bouncing back. Yeah. You know? And, um, and so I think that's a good definition. The, the ability to bounce back, uh, why, why resilience? You know, so many times when I'm doing a talk on something, I like to try to make the case before I get into sure. how, and and so it's the why. Well, why, why talk about resilience now? Because we're living in in difficult times. We're living as leaders. We're living in the most complex time we've ever lived and led in before. Right. Meaning we're being pulled by the right. We're being pulled by the left. We're being pulled by the middle. I don't know how you get pulled by the middle, but you get what I'm <laughs> saying. We're being pulled by people. Everyone has a variety of opinions and perspectives of all the things that are happening in our world. And everyone cares deeply about those things. And, and, and they want to tell the leader about their opinion and they want the leader to go their way. And, uh, and so, and I'm not going to go through the list of issues, right? That ground's been covered a thousand times, Yeah, but it's just a very hard time to be a CEO, to be a pastor, anyone that's leading at a high level because we're divided and we're pulled in so many different directions. And as a result, a lot of leaders are crashing. Yeah. And a lot of leaders are failing and a lot of leaders are quitting. Yes. That has definitely been happening in 2020 and 2021. And if I'm being honest, it's for a good reason. Okay. Most leaders that I know, senior level leaders, have at a minimum at least considered quitting. Yeah. While many have quit. And yeah. they've 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 moved to Montana or more more accurately Idaho. Yeah, I think Idaho is the most popular place. I think it's Boise actually is the okay. most popular place. But anyway, um, I digress. Uh, because it's such a hard season and a divided season, a lot of folks are just giving up. So, uh, what do we need to do as leaders? We need to be more resilient so we don't give up. And and the reality is that uh, everyone's counting on the leader. And if the leader's in the tank there's a good chance that people they're leading will also be in the tank. Yeah. And so, um, so for me as someone in a, in a high level leadership role, I take this issue very seriously. I need to be well. I need to be in a good, healthy frame of mind. My mental health needs to be strong, my physical health, my spiritual health. I need to be in a good place because people are counting on me. Yes. They're counting on me in my home first and foremost. And then at, at church and in ministry. And so uh, now more than ever, I have to be uh, resilient. I need to bounce back, to use that term, Yep. Uh, well, quickly, so that I can lead others who are not doing well. Yes. So if you're a leader at, in, in the business, in the market, business world marketplace, a lot of your people are not well. They're confused. They're angry. They're upset. They're, they're living with a lot of uncertainty. And they're looking to you as the leader to deliver those things that they're not. Yes. They want you to be certain. They want you to be healthy and okay and clear and not angry, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so 
boy, hopefully I've made the case for resiliency. And yeah, like I said, a lot of uh, leaders have crashed or are crashing and their organizations, businesses, churches, et cetera, are crashing with them. Yes, That's my case for why teach on uh, how to be more resilient. Now, I'm going to walk into how to do that. How do you grow in resiliency? Because as I said before we got started, you know, until I put some time really thinking and praying about this, I was pretty perplexed myself. Okay. How does one become more resilient? Like that's, that's a task, man. Like I know how to get stronger and increase my bench press. I know how to do that. That's a real clear exercise for me. Right. Uh, It's doing a lot of bench pressing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, a variety of different exercises, dumbbells, uh, long bars, et cetera. I can get stronger and increase my, but uh, how do I get better at uh, uh, being more resilient? I think that's a more complex thing. Absolutely. I've spent quite a bit of time laying out a path forward to that. And so uh, if we're ready, I'll jump right in. Yeah, please do. Okay. All right. So here, here's a handful of, of ideas and how to grow in this. Um, and I'm going to speak to those that are uh, um, following Jesus. So if you're not following Jesus, don't tune out because uh, I, I want to talk to you too. Yeah. Um, but it starts here. The, and that's with this. Greater the reliance, greater the resilience. When I say greater the reliance, it's not a reliance on yourself. Yeah. Because all of us have gone up and we have gone down. Yes. And not just once in the last year and a half, but a thousand times sure. we've gone up and we've gone down. Uh, but but Jesus doesn't. He, he stays the same. Right. He's consistent. And the greater that I rely on him daily, hourly, minute to minute, that that force that doesn't change, that doesn't move, there's, there's a greater chance that I'm not going to move. Even when my circumstances are hard. Right. And my, my emotions, I want to go into the tank. When I'm dealing with a, a situation where I don't know what to do or it's really hard, as I rely on God, God gives me the strength and the confidence that he's going to navigate me through that. So the greater the reliance on God, the greater the resilience. And so you can be a young man or a young woman and be a very resilient leader Uh if you are relying heavily on God. Yes. Because you can be 50, 60, 70 years old and not rely very much on God and struggle with uh, with resiliency. Yeah. So lean heavily on God is, is, is the first way yes. to become more resilient. And if you're not uh, leaning heavily, start doing that. How do you do that? Man, be in the word of God every day, pray, meditate fast. You know, there's lots of ways that you can uh, rely on God. There's okay. just a few uh, examples. Here's this, the second idea. And, and that's this trials translate to toughness. Yeah. Trials translate to toughness. Trial, trials to me are like working out. You know, the more uh, hard things I go through, translation, the more trials I go through, the more prepared I am for the next trial. Yeah. And the more trials that I go through and I embrace and I learn from, the better I'm going to be when the, when the next bigger trial comes. And so the, the point here is to not run from trials. Yes. The point here is not to give up in trials. The point here is to not um, uh, embrace the the storm, if you will, because as you do that, you're going to get tougher. You're going to get stronger. Uh, a, a phrase that, that we use a lot that people will know is you'll get a, you'll develop a thicker skin. Right. 
right? And so, so often I see people running from trials. Yep. And when I watch them do that, I just think about, oh, well, if, if they're running from this level three trial, just wait as they get a little older and they get to a level seven trial. Sure. They're going to crash yeah. and they're going to crash everyone uh, around them. So yeah, trials translate to toughness. You know, you and I were talking before, and I know that uh, in your in your marketplace career, when you were a corporate citizen, as you say, uh, you, you actually, prior to that, had started multiple businesses, mm-hmm. but two of them actually failed. Yeah. Only one of them made it. Yeah. So as, as I've uh, been an employee here at the Rogo Foundation yeah. in Sandals Church, and I've watched you lead, I reflect back to uh, the most difficult season that I've ever been a part of as an employee in an organization. And it was when uh, the mandates were coming down and everything was getting shut down and the stay-at-home orders were being put in place. And you and Pastor Matt walked out and had to communicate to the staff who were scared, unclear, um, extremely anxious. You guys had to get up and you guys had to communicate to us clearly and concisely um, and hopefully give us a piece as we move forward as an organization and more importantly as a ministry. Yeah. And I have to believe that the, some of the trials that you went yes. through with the businesses yeah. that failed yes. probably helped to develop you to handle difficult situations like that. There's no doubt about it. I mean, that's, that's uh, you know, trials translate to toughness. I mean, I've been through so, so many, both from a business side as well as a personal side. And, um, and the older I've gotten, the, the more I'm leaning into and embracing them and, and saying, okay, while I'm in this storm, I'm going to spend some time to learn some things in this storm and not spend all of my time panicking, panicking and praying about getting out of the sure. storm. Because that's normally what we do. We sure. panic. And if you're following Jesus, you're praying like, Jesus, <laughs> get me out of this. Yeah. And so um, what I've learned to do is when I'm in the middle of it, uh, spend some time to take, I'm just going to say some really good notes. Yeah. What am I learning about myself? What am I learning about others? What am I learning about this kind of trial? Right. How did I get here? What am I learning about how to get out of here? And, um, man, that kind of student in the trial makes you way better the next time the storm comes. When you, as you share this, you know, you and I have talked in the, uh, in the past about my past and some of the seasons that I've been through. And I reflect back on, on about a 12 year segment. And, and there's times where I wonder, did I need to spend 12 years in that season? Or, or could it have been that I just was not learning what the Lord had for me in some of those um, experiences that I was going through. And because I was not learning what I needed to, I was destined to repeat those things. Yes. And your, your advice um, speaks volumes to me about really taking time to sit in that storm, yeah. to take the notes, to really consider what's going on and what can I learn from this. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that puts a smile on our father's face yeah. as he yeah. sees his son, he sees his daughter yeah. really seeking him, knowing that if I rely on him, I'll be more resilient, be able to get through this, yeah. but also that I, I'm, I'm striving to learn, to grow yeah. so that I don't get caught in the same situation. Or if it, it comes again, I'm able to effectively handle that potentially for the benefit of others. Yeah. When I see them stepping into that, I'm able to be a great resource because I was there. For sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Don't, what's the big idea there? 
try not to run from these trials. And, and I'm not a fool. I'm not like, I get it. Trials are hard by sure. definition. And sure. so I understand that. But, you know, again, those that are in Jesus that are listening, you, you know how the, 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 the end of the book, uh, how it reads, you know, you know where you're heading. You have so much hope and optimism to look forward to, even though you're in the storm. But if you can just take some time to take some notes, um, you're going to learn a lot and you're going to be prepared. And I think there's a chance that God's going to give you a bigger test next, which is a little scary to be honest sure, with you. Absolutely. Um, but that's the, that's a bit of the burden of leadership to be right. honest with you. Right. Okay. Number three. Yeah. Number three. Um, and that's embracing and welcoming feedback. How do you become more resilient? Oh. You embrace and you welcome feedback. I have found thir- 31 years of leading people that if I sit down with an employee and I say, hey, I want to give you some feedback, that almost instantly the person crumbles. And they instantly crumble and they're in the tank for six months. And and it's not because the feedback was yelling and screaming at them. <laughs> I was the same boy. What kind of feedback are you giving them, man? And that that's the sort of the mind blowing sure. thing. Yeah. Is it's 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 always kind, it's always gracious, and it's always, always, always and I'm saying this in the latter part of my leadership. Okay. Because as a younger leader, I was not good at giving feedback. But in the latter part of my leadership, it's always been uh helpful and intended to be helpful. Yeah. And so um, but that's not how it's processed. Yep. And um, so often I see people struggling with resiliency over simply just getting a word that they didn't like. Mm. And oftentimes what happens is it hits an, an insecurity button. Yeah. And that's why someone falls apart. But here's the big idea. Feedback fuels transformation. Yeah. So if you want to grow as a leader, you need feedback. I need feed. I need people to tell me um, I preached this weekend. Yeah, I had someone send me. I think it was three points of feedback um, uh, on Saturday night, like just in thirty minutes before I got off the platform. They sent me a message. Yeah, with hey, here's three points of feedback. Um, and guess what? I didn't get angry at them. Yeah, I listened. Yeah, and guess what? I get double. Guess what? I made adjustments. Oh, wow. So <laughs> and, let me ask you and about triple that. guess okay. what? My messages were better the ah, next day. That's, this person who gave you the feedback, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. are they in a relationship with you where they, yes. they know that th- it's cool? Like, yeah, I would say that it was actually rather courageous. They, they weren't my boss. Uh-huh. They weren't someone in a more senior level role than me. Okay. It was someone who, um, you know, I, I actually thought, Oh, that's pretty bold and fairly courageous. And but because I'm at a a reasonable place of maturity, I'm not the most mature person <laughs> or leader. But I'm at a reasonable place of maturity. I'm 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 really not offended by feedback, right? Because I've just learned that a I believe strongly. I'm just not that great. Okay, let me start there. Yeah. Um, and B, I believe I've got blind spots, things I can't see, sure, right, that sure. everyone else can see. Yep. And so I, I need feedback because I want to grow and I want to get better desperately at 50. I want to get better. I really do. And I want to have a greater impact on people. Yes. And so I've just adopted that mentality. So when someone walks in and says, I'm going to give you, I don't care where they sit in the organization, I'm going to listen. Now, not all feedback is helpful or fruitful or whatever. Right. But most feedback you can get at least a little bit of something yeah. from that that'll be uh, 
uh, helpful. And so that's good. My encouragement to people who are listening is to shift your mind from being hurt by feedback to seeing feedback as fuel. Yeah. Just, you just got to tell yourself, I need feedback. This is to help me. It is going to help me to understand things and see things that I can't see. And, and just say, what, why am I so offended by it? What, what role does, uh, if any, I, I know it does, but what role does prayer play in feedback? Well, I think it, um, are you talking about in the receiving or the giving? Uh, let's talk about in the receiving. In the receiving. Well, it has a lot to do with um, helping to, I'll just say, tenderize your heart yeah. and spirit. You know, to be good at receiving feedback, I do think you need to have a, a decent level of humility. Yes. And a lot of that, as a Christian, for me, a lot of my humility comes from knowing how my place is different than God's place. Yes. Before I became a Christian, I really put myself in God's place. Yeah. Like, I thought I knew. Sure. I thought I, I had it all down. I, I, was the, I was the boss of my life. Yeah. And, um, but once I started to read the Word of God and once I surrendered my life to God, I realized that I'm I'm smaller than a speck in in contrast to the all-knowing, um, all the sovereign God who created the the world and the universe, and um, and so and that helps me to have a deep level of humility, humility, understanding my smallness. Yeah, a proper perspective. <laughs> a proper perspective. Yeah, Thank I like you. it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So embracing welcome feedback is is how do you become more resilient? Would be my my, my third. Yep. My third so let's go with number four. Um, it, it's lean on the faith of others. You know, um, again, this, if you're a Christ follower, um, I want you to, to um, think about the, um, the paralyzed man, the, the, the man uh, it's in, um, you can, I think a couple of places in scripture, you can go to Luke, uh, Luke 5, 18 through 20. And it's, it's the paralyzed man who uh, some of his friends picked him up, put him on a mat, carried him a long way uh, because they wanted him to be healed by Jesus. Right. They knew where Jesus was going to be. And so they went to this house. And um, when these men got to this house that were carrying their paralyzed friend, they couldn't get in the house. The house was full. It was crowded. And so out of their desperation for their friend to be healed, they do this crazy, crazy thing. They climb up to the roof. Yeah. They dig through the roof and they lower the the man down. And um, when Jesus sees this man, this paralyzed man, be be uh, lowered down, he heals that man. And the 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 extraordinary part of this story in this scripture is that Jesus says, "I have healed you, paralyzed man, because the faith of your friends." Yeah. We we so often I think want to believe it's in it we get a benefit when we do something. And I thought that way for a long time as a, as a non-Christ follower. But, um, you know, when I'm struggling and when I'm in the tank and I need to bounce back quickly, yep. I, I go to my, my friends, I go to my, uh, the people I trust. And when they express words of faith to me and over me, God's got this, God's got you. He's going to see you through. Um, they, they tell me that in faith, they are praying and believing that God is going to lead me out of this desert or this storm. Um, it's their faith that helps me become more resilient and bounce back faster. Right. Often when I don't have the faith, 
yeah. to believe that I'm going to come out of this storm. It's because of their faith that I sort of rise out of that pit. And so, um, and this is the case for community. Yeah. And yeah. so, man, Absolutely. you know, for me, I, I'm so grateful for the people. When I say community, people that know me and love me and, tr- and trust me and vice versa that I can turn to. And so you want to become more resilient and lean on the faith of, uh, of others. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. So uh, what's behind door number five? Door number five. Door number five. I'm, I'm stealing this from my dear friend and my my pastor, Pastor Matt Brown. Yeah. And um, he said something once. Well, he says he drops gold everywhere he goes. <laughs> and uh, so much so that. When we're in conversation, I now have my note taker out. Just in regular conversation. I remember uh, a story not too long ago. Yeah, you guys were. T- you go ahead. Yeah, yeah, well, we were in the car and he was talking, and I was on the I was on the phone, <laughs> and he got mad at me because he thought I was texting while he was talking. Only when he realized later that I was just taking notes, I was picking up his gold. He, he, he barked at you a little bit he too, did. right? He did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was great. But it's yeah, so, awesome. so this is a this is a PMB. This was such gold, man. You know, and his idea was this that. Uh, we have to stop removing the barriers in front of in front of leaders. We have, and this applies to our kids too. So often, what we do is, as as a leader leading leaders, we see a leader come up against a barrier. Translation: a problem, a hard issue, yeah. a hard person, whatever. And what we do, and 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 oh boy, do we do we do this as parents? We scramble in to get the barrier out of the way. Helicopter parenting. Helicopter parenting. Right, 101. Yeah. Well, what does that do the next time that child or that leader comes up to the barrier? Well, what it does is it trains them to stop. Yeah. Oh, there's a barrier here. Yeah. I can't do anything. Yeah. I need to go call mom or dad or I need to call my boss and say, hey, would you look at this barrier? And like, would you look at this feather yeah. that's in front of me that I can't get over or around? Can you stop what you're doing, mom or dad or leader? And and come remove the feather that's in front of me so I can keep going. Sure. And um, and so I think that uh, the message here is both to the leader of leaders, mm-hmm. stop removing barriers. Yeah. Um, and two, it's for the leader. When you come up against a barrier, stop asking for so much help. Mm. Stop asking for so much help. I tell, uh, especially my son, but uh, my three younger kids all the time. My job, kids, is to prepare you for life. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm dead serious about that. And I am not preparing you for life when uh, you're, uh, I don't know, afraid of the dark to go upstairs and you want me to come upstairs with you. Because when you get older, son, you're going to have to go into the dark alone. Yeah. And, and, and son, when you become a father and a husband, you're going to have to lead your family maybe into the dark. And maybe that's the best thing at, the, at that moment. Right. And if you're unwilling to do that, you can put them at danger. Yes. And it's the same in leadership. And so it's this idea of em- embracing the barrier. Yeah. It's, it's, and, and a, as a leader of leaders, my good friend, Tim Hawley, who's now our HR manager, I've been discipling Tim for years now. He's heard me say this. Um, Tim would tell me about something hard he's dealing with, translation of barrier. Yeah. And I start to smile. Sometimes I even start to giggle. Yeah. And I say, Tim, this is good. And he's pretty much crying or melting or whatever. And, <laughs> and I'm like, Tim, no, 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 this is good. Yeah. This is so good, Tim, that you've come across this barrier and you're figuring out how to navigate this barrier because when you come across the next one, you'll know what to, to do. And Tim, by the way, is a great young leader, growing, thriving, et yeah. cetera. 
um, under this principle that we have been yeah. talking about. And so don't remove the barriers in front of leaders. I want to ask this. I was having a conversation recently with uh, one of our staff members around the idea of it's better to ask for forgiveness than ask for permission. And we were we were going back and forth and and kind of where we landed was sometimes. Yes, for sure. <laughs> That's the key because it, it is it, it is awesome uh, as a leader who's leading others when you see the person that lowers a shoulder and, and keeps going, yeah. doesn't stop. Yeah. Um, sometimes they do or handle things the way that they should. Yeah. Um, sometimes not so much. And so having to deal with that, just with that idea of asking for forgiveness versus asking for permission in light of point five, yeah. uh, is there anything that you would share with that? There's a leader listening to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's not the one that would go and remove the barrier, but this is the leader that's being led by a, a senior leader, and they're they're navigating their cadence. And maybe in the past they have asked for help, yeah. And now they're hearing this and they're going, "I need to not ask for help as much." Mm-hmm. Could you maybe give somebody uh, that might be in that position some clarity around yeah. when? Yeah, how to discern when to yeah. when to lean into it, yeah, and when when to maybe. Yeah, I would say I'll give you two quick thoughts. One, one is risk, and one is impact. Okay. If um, if the issue at hand, there's an enormous amount of risk if something goes wrong, or you don't ask for help, and you and it gets messed up, whatever sure. it, it may be. If there's a huge risk, um, that may be a good time to ask That's for good. help. Yep. Um, like if I don't ask for help and I make the wrong decision here. If it sinks our company <laughs> or our church, when I say risk, sure. that, I'm yeah. using that as a, as a yeah. way to extrapolate this, um, that is risk. And then the opposite side of risk is sort of impact. And impact can be great impact or really bad impact. So very similar yeah. is um, you're evaluating the impact. Um, uh, and that impact could be a, a learning impact for somebody. It could be an impact on your customers, it could be an impact on your, the internal people of your organization. If the impact is really high, um, or, you know, it might be it might be a place where I need I need to ask for help. Yeah, great, you know? great. Yeah. So we we are closing things out. We we have now I think doubled our longest episode, but we have tripled at least in value. Hey, triple um, value. Check that out. Yeah. Um, what is your final point? Final point: How to become more resilient. Um, it's develop a, a healthy perspective. Develop a healthy perspective. So often I see people struggling with resiliency because they have unhealthy perspective about so many issues that are mm-hmm. going on around them. And um, I call this bad thinking. You know, okay. People I've worked with in, in, in their, our circles at Sandals, they've heard me say, I think so-and-so has a lot of bad thinking. And um, a lot of that bad thinking is just someone who is assigning motive constantly. Okay. That's an unhealthy perspective. Okay. Someone that's assigning motive when they have no idea why someone did, but they're spending all their time on assigning the motive and being mad at someone because of the motive instead of just dealing with the what's happened. Sure. Um, they, uh, they, they, they're now in, the, in this really difficult emotional place because they've assumed the worst in, in somebody. Hmm. And so um, if, if you're not in a good place, uh, if your mental health is not in a good place, if you have a generally negative outlook 
I'm, I'm, I'm sort of describing an unhealthy perspective. Yes. Um, these are a couple of describers to that. It's very difficult to be resilient if you've got bad thinking, consistent bad thinking. Right. And if you're in either a season of that because of the circumstances you're in, or that's just kind of how you've been rolling, then uh, I'm just telling you, you're not going to be very resilient yeah. if you've got bad thinking. And, you know, meaning if you're constantly thinking the worst of people, right? if you're constantly saying negative words, if you're constantly criticizing, chopping people down with your words, yeah, um, something is going on where you've got a very unhealthy perspective and you will be less resilient. You're not going to bounce back. And if you want to become more resilient, you've got to have a better and healthier perspective. How do you get that? Yeah. And, you know, it, a lot of that starts with healing, if I'm being honest. Okay. Um, there's probably some things that have hurt you, situations, experiences, relationships, where yep. you've been hurt that have given you this attitude of being negative, this, um, neg- this bad thinking, this criticizing others, this seeing the worst in people. And so how do you resolve that? You pursue healing. Yeah. And you pursue healing in your faith, in your walk with God. You pursue healing through counseling. Right. You pursue healing. For some people, a pursuit of healing includes uh, being on some medication. Yeah. It could be any number of things. Right. I'm not a doctor. I'm not telling everyone to go get on medication. <laughs> I'm just saying, what do, I'm trying to translate what does it mean to pursue healing. Yeah. And so when I evaluate people, yep. evaluate leaders, and, and I'm trying to determine where to slot them, a lot of times I'm thinking about, the, do they bounce back quickly? Yeah. Because you can't lead at fairly high levels, in my opinion, anywhere successfully if you don't bounce back quickly. Right. Like this is a key thing for people who are, who are managing a big load. And, um, and a lot of that hinges on this. How, do you have a lot of bad things? Yeah. And, um, and people that generally have a positive outlook, see the best in people, have been pursuing healing throughout their life, are in a better position to be more resilient. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, ma- it makes me have this image of like toxicity, like like a yeah. um, a virus or something yeah. in someone that it, it there's a level of uh, contagiousness with that. If you have that bad thinking and you're around your team and you're you're spewing that to them, you can influence them. You could taint them, and that's that's a terrible thing. Yeah. But if you can be the other side of that. And have that positive, proper mm-hmm. perspective um, with three Ps. Um, that's something that you want to see your team embrace. Sure. Um, it, it, as we conclude our time together, could you just give your six points, the, yeah, the six sure. topics, please? Yeah, for sure. So um, number one, greater the reliance, greater the resilience. And if you're not walking with Jesus, I want to encourage you to walk with Jesus. Yeah. Because... Um, you know, relying on yourself, I can tell you, as good as you think you are, you're going to have a lot of tough days, a lot of bad days. And if you're relying on yourself, um, you're going to go up and down as you, as as your emotions go up and down. Right. So, um, and for those of you that are in Christ, uh, the point here is to have a greater reliance on Jesus. Number one. Number two. Trials translate to toughness. Man, uh, embrace and learn. When you're in a trial, don't run from it. Number three, um, and that's it's to love feedback. I'm going to translate my other words. Okay. It's to love uh, feedback. 
want it, invite it. Okay. Tell your supervisor, hey, Mr. or Mrs. Supervisor, I want your feedback. Yeah. Don't please don't be nervous about giving me feedback. I want it because I want to grow. And then when I give it to you, make sure you handle it well. So it's love feedback. Number four, lean on the faith of others. Yes. You know, when you're when you're in the tank and you're struggling because of the circumstances or how, whatever's going on in your life, this is where you need to lean on the faith of others. Those that are believing that you're going to bounce back and pray for you to bounce back That's good. quickly. Number five, uh, uh, that is make sure you're not removing barriers uh, that are in front of people. Right. And, and make sure that when you come across barriers, you're not always asking for someone else to remove them right. for you. Because the best way to learn to navigate uh, barriers is by figuring out how to navigate barriers on your own. Right. Okay? And then the last is a healthy perspective. You know, making sure you've got a healthy outlook, a positive outlook on life. Yeah. That you've got good thinking and not consistently bad thinking. And if you do have a negative outlook and a negative bend and you're constantly criticizing, you have bad thinking, pursue you. That's good. Uh, Pastor Dan, thank you so much for taking the time to share those six points with us as we tackle how to become a resilient leader. Uh, for those of you listening, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope that you liked it. I hope that you've subscribed to our podcast. I want to let you know that as you've listened to this today, if you have questions and you would love to get something in front of Pastor Dan, uh, potentially for his consideration and future comments, I want to let you know that you can go to rogofoundation.com. You can click on the contact us and you can say, hey, I've got a question about a recent podcast. You can drop that in there. I get those. Please know that we'll look at those. And that may influence a future show topic, or it may be just a continuation of this, a part two, where Pastor Dan addresses some of your questions. To learn more about the podcast, visit rogofoundation.com slash podcast. And also to learn more about our Rogo Foundation, you can hop over to rogofoundation.com. Hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Hope that you have a wonderful day. God bless you.